You're stupid suicide. You're stupid suicide. You'll never live. You'll never die. You're stupid suicide. Welcome back to the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast. The podcast where we analyze the movie Better Off Dead one Bethless Christmas at a time. I'm Jason Hummel from Mondo Confidential. And I am Curtis Blaze from thesacknews.com. Today we're taking a look at Minute 37, which begins with Dad proudly putting the finishing touches on his brand new garage door windows and the family opening Christmas presents. Tell us about this minute, Jason. Well, if you insist. In Minute 36, Lane utterly failed to ski the K-12. As Minute 37 begins, Lane is on the phone with Beth, attempting to convince her to have a gift exchange. At 36 minutes and 20 seconds, Lane learns that Roy got Beth a giant teddy bear bigger than her. At 36 minutes and 35 seconds, we cut to the living room where a fire is roaring on the TV and the family is opening Christmas gifts. As the minute ends, Lane finds out that his Christmas gift is a TV dinner. Yum. Yummy. So, uh, looking at the scene as it begins, did it look to you like he might have actually ripped down some pictures of Beth? Well, not the masturbation photo on the ceiling. <laughs> well, of course, you know, you got to keep that one, you know. Well, yeah, I was kind of wondering about that, too. When the movie opened, we had a bazillion pictures of Beth all over the place. And here we're actually seeing wall. Wall and pictures of cars, pictures of skiers. Here's something that looks vaguely maybe like an H.R. Geiger painting. <laughs> I didn't catch that one. You know... We're seeing his room from an angle that we've never seen before. Right. This is as if someone were laying in bed looking towards the foot of their bed. Yeah. Whereas every other angle we've seen him in the room, it's him in bed. Um, and we're seeing the wall behind him. Right. Right. And those are full of Beth pictures. Yeah. This one's only just got the one judgmental Beth picture looking down on him <laughs> as he lies sleeping in bed. It's like he wants to be scorned. You know, I'm a bad boy. <laughs> So it's not easy to tell, you know. Has he ripped down the pictures? Probably not. It's only Wednesday. Right. And two walls full of pictures? I'm going to say no. Although, do we ever get an angle on it again in this movie to be able to see? Hmm. This might be the last time we visit Lane's room for the movie, right? Hmm. Pretty close to last. Okay, well, we'll make a note of it and look again later. Yes. Yep, make a note of it and stick the notes on her heads like mom. (laughs) So, Beth got a gift from Roy, which was a giant teddy bear bigger than her. Wait a minute, how did that... You're the one with the memory for this. How did the telephone conversation go? That she got the cutest thing ever. Oh? From Roy. A giant teddy bear bigger than her. The brilliant use of the... uh, I'm saying brilliant for all I know... Not being a director, this is a standard, but I love the way that as he's talking about the biggest teddy bear bigger than her, what we see on film is a tiny teddy bear smaller than his hand. Yeah, that tiny little, let's face it, it's a Christmas ornament teddy bear is what it is. I don't think it's that big. (laughs) It's runty even for a Christmas ornament. (laughs) This is such a classic, this is like humor that's right up my alley. It's so classic Bob Newhart. The only thing, the only thing, wait a minute. Do we actually hear her voice on the phone? No. We don't. It's no. very Bob Newhart. Yeah, it's, it's that great one-sided conversation of, you know, what could the other person be thinking? <laughs> and, or who is the other person even, you know? 
You know, it could be Superman wanting his dry cleaning for all we know. I love that. <laughs> Where do you even buy a teddy bear that big? Usually you win them at a fair. <laughs> to the internet! Where can I buy a gigantic teddy bear bigger than me? That's not good. <laughs> Where can I buy a gigantic teddy bear bigger than me? Wow. Well, that qualifies. Joy Fade Giant Teddy Bear, 78 inches. I know this from experience. Six feet, it's 62, uh, 72 inches. Yes. That is a giant 6.8 feet. 6.5 feet tall. Well, that's where. $119. Where would you get that in 1985, though? Okay, so I can go to the magical box and go, hey, Amazon, how about a giant teddy bear? What about free shipping? <laughs> Can you include lead from China in that at no extra cost? <laughs> Ooh, bad reviews on this one. Rips easily. Somebody been manhandling their teddy bear? Ooh, manhandling. <laughs> what makes you think of these things? It would almost have to be at a fair or a carnival or something like that. Yeah. I mean, unless there were some, like, boutique that specialized in ginormous teddy bears. Well, there were ginormous teddy bears back then. There must have been a store. And it makes sense to me that that store would be in California somewhere. Big bears. Northern California is weird because that's basically like the rest of the country except on the coast. Right. Huh. The world may never know. <laughs> a one, a two, a three. A three. Crunch. The world may never know. <laughs> Sorry, you just tripped something in my head. <laughs> the video fire on TV. Yes. Did that get invented for this movie? Hmm. Was that a thing prior? I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. You know, it seemed like another one of those, like, omnipresent 80s gags. I didn't know this before watching the movie, but in doing the research for the movie, I actually know the answer to this. There's a definitive answer. The concept of a video fireplace was created by Steve Siporin, and he released it in, Oct on, uh, in 1982 on October 15. The VHS tape promised 60 flame-filled minutes of relaxation in front of the flickering glow of a crackling wood-burning fire. No logs to haul, no ashes to clean. This concept would have been three years old when this movie was made. Though I don't think anyone ever actually put their TV into the fireplace the way that the Myers do. Yeah, that was an especially nice touch, I thought. Whose idea do you suppose that was? I'm guessing probably mom. That seems like a mom thing. She is very creative. And, you know, the whole scheme of the house, you know, the, the decorations and everything seem to be mom. You kind of get the feeling dad's whatever when it comes to the household stuff. He's just existing there. He's, he's obsessed with the windows. That's, that's his focus. Anything else is just kind of like, yeah, let the wife handle it. Is he obsessed with the windows, or is he obsessed with the paperboy? <laughs> well, everybody's obsessed with the paperboy, because he's creepy. <laughs> oh, and uh, don't forget to find out uh, what version of Winter Wonderland is playing in that he, scene. Oh, you were supposed to research that and bring it in. Oops. Yes, it was uh, performed by Darlene Love and produced by Phil Spector. Okay, Phil Spector, I know. <sighs> Controversial... Um, Personality aside, kind of a personal hero in the producer realm for me. I know, I know. But who is Darlene Love? 
Um, he, he, the, he, <laughs> yeah, Darlene, okay, yeah, Darlene Love was, um, one of his staple of singers, had a good, pretty good solo career. Did she do something else that I would know, or that anybody would know? Uh, let's look it up. Woo, she's cute. Part of the vocal trio of the Blossoms. Sang back up for Elvis, sung, sung back up on, uh, Johnny Angel by Shelley Fabre. Oh, yeah, Crystals. That's where I know her from, was the Crystals. What's significant about the Crystals? Why does that do something for you? Um, they're one of uh, Phil Spector's best girl groups. I've never heard of them. They did, uh, She's a Rebel. No, he's a rebel. <laughs> I got my genders all discombobulated today for some reason. <laughs> so does the entire country. <laughs> what? Uh, how's that song go? He's a rebel, and he'll never, ever be any good. It's one of the, the ultimate, oh, you just don't know him like I do songs. If you're hearing me right now, go to the internet. Look up Darlene Love on IMDb, and I'll do the math for you. She is 79. She looks crazy young for 79. Yeah, definitely. Right? She's 80. I mean, she's, you know, basically 80. The next thing that happens in this minute, we pan over and we see the gifts that everybody is receiving. Lane opens up his gift, which is... A fried chicken dinner, frozen? With white, white portions. portions. <laughs> <laughs> white portions. And he passes that over and we see that that is a, uh, that's going on a stack of dinners that she's given to everybody. What do you think this says? Has she given up being creative about dinner and now she's just giving frozen dinners to everybody? I don't think she's given up. Um, I think it's is, just... Is this just a new level maybe? It It's... Well, I think she's acknowledging that her uh, experiments are a little hard to take. <laughs> so I, I think that's kind of her, her gift to them is a respite. You know, here, here's some processed food for you. You know, it's nice and tasty. Oh, man, that would be great. Just being able to pop something in the oven that isn't going to crawl away. <laughs> isn't going to make triple noises at you. Hey, at the beginning of the minute, I forgot to bring this up, the... Uh, uh, Dad is sneaking away from the garage. At the end of the last minute, he was putting a bow on the garage, on the windows, and then he's sneaking away from it. Is that weird, or is that just me? Well, it's a Christmas present. You know, oh, I, yeah, I guess he would be sneaking away from yeah. it. Even though it's, you know, right out in the open, there's a big bow there. Well, do we have any evidence that Jenny even knows how to use the door? Has she ever been outside? Um, she must have been. There, there, There's one scene where she's outside. Before this? No, after this. See, did she just discover outside when he let her out? <laughs> it's like, does oh. she see it as like sandworm world? Like if she steps out the door, like the sandworms are going to get her, you know? <laughs> you know? There was the one scene where she was vacuuming earlier and Lane came home after getting dumped. Yeah. So she knows where out the outside comes in from somewhere. <laughs> now, of course, she knows. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But yeah, I... That kind of got me wondering if there's like a whole dog tooth thing going on here where like he's told her, you know, the house cats are going to kill you. You know, the, do the dog across the street is going to maul you if you go outside. That was a dark road that I was not expecting you to go down. <laughs> so for the benefit of our 15 viewers who haven't seen, who aren't one of the six people that have seen that movie, what is a dog tooth? What does that mean? It is a Greek movie about a family that completely controls the minds of their children by basically giving them completely wrong and ridiculous information. You know, like house cats are deadly. Um, it's, it's like if you told your kid the floor was lava and the kid believed it, 
like for the rest of their life. <laughs> okay. That that kind of thing. Mine does, but okay. <laughs> Every time I come home, I'm like, oh, staff the lava. So what you're describing is gaslighting. You're saying he, maybe he was gaslighting her. Basically. If you, <laughs> if you go outside, the sandworms will get you. <laughs> hey, did you happen to notice Lane's uh, bowling shirt? Yeah, pretty snazzy. This one actually had his name embroidered on it. Yeah, this is bowling shirt number two, at least. Yeah, but I think this is the first personalized one. Yeah. Although the other one had something written on it, but I couldn't make out what it was. Yeah, we never did figure that out. <sighs> I'll always regret that. <laughs> 30 years from now, when I look back and we're collecting our awards and acclaim for the Better Off Dead Minute podcast. Yeah. We, we would be like the ultimate nightmare geeks if we ever actually met. Staff Steve Allen, because we'd be like, what's written on his shirt, man? We have to know. And he'd be like, I have no idea. That was 30 years ago. I think he'd just be irritated with us constantly. <laughs> Strangely flattered, maybe, but also... He'd do, he'd do one of those silent moves where he's motioning to security to come over <laughs> and pointing at our heads behind our back. Yes. <laughs> swarm, swarm. Oh, I, just adding in... Before, when, when the little teddy bear was in uh, Lane's hand, did you catch, like, the frown on uh, the teddy bear's face? Yeah, he looked quite forlorn. Like, even he's going, why am I so small? Well, I'm about out of stuff to talk about here. Oh, uh, uh, the last note I had is just about Lane's phone. That was a super cool phone in the 80s, where the, uh, the bass had the dialer. Or yeah. the, the headset also had the dialer. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. But you had to, like, push the button to hang it up. The, the motion that Lane made there, it would not have hung up. He was just throwing the phone down. It would have stayed connected. Yeah. And she wouldn't have been able to dial out and get somebody else. Yeah, she wouldn't have been able to hang up. Or how many... Oh, I, I'm, I'm guessing everyone who's listening to this is about 40 <laughs> or older. I <laughs> could le- be wrong. I could least. be wrong. What are you saying? That there aren't a bunch of teens clamoring to watch Better Off Dead? <laughs> and then come listen to a minute-by-minute minute analysis of it. The phones back then, they there were a bunch of tricks with those. Like, do you remember how you could dial your own number and then hang up, and then it would ring your own house? Yeah. That was cool. That's something I wish we could do right now. Although there's probably an app for it. I yeah. say I mm-hmm. wish we could do it. We probably can. The self-dial app. <laughs> for real? Are you, are you saying that from a place of knowledge? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying probably. There's an app for everything, right? But now. it must exist is what I'm saying. Yeah. What is it that Badger was playing with? I believe it was a Secret Wars toy. Okay. Because you know you're saying this because you know what it is? Well, I saw in the box the the Secret Wars logo. Um I don't remember a lot of vehicles in that series. It was, you know, mostly action figures, but Well, to me it just looked like a Zord slash dinosaur. Oh, that's that's the other one. That's the other toy. Oh, okay, gotcha. The, the gotcha. one he's actually playing with, zoom zoom, the spaceshipy oh, okay, okay. looking thing. So those are two different sets. Yeah. Okay. What's the zoom zoom thing he's playing with? That's the Secret that's Wars. That's the Secret Wars one. And like, how do you know that? What what is it about Secret Wars that like tripped a memory for you? Well, I followed that uh, series when I was a kid. The, the uh, limited series that crossed over all the uh, Marvel titles at the time. It okay, was... so it's a Marvel thing. Yeah. So it's from a comic book? Yes. Hold on, I want to wrap my mind around this, because to me, comic books in the 80s were like Conan the Barbarian, Warlord, Star Wars. There was a whole Marvel... I mean, I'm, I was aware of the superheroes, 
but I wasn't aware that there was like an expanded universe of superheroes. I thought each book was just its own universe. Are you saying that's not accurate? Yeah, well, pretty much the Marvel universe has always been pretty much interconnected. <sighs> just not, I've never been a superhero guy. So <laughs> was this an X-Men thing? Were they Marvel? Uh, they were part of it. Everybody. It, it was just like all-star. What were the Secret Wars? Well, what it was was this, it was a sentient universe with godlike powers called the Beyonder, who uh, basically comes to Earth and snatches up all the superheroes and makes them f- basically fight each other gladiator style. How interesting was that? Well, I was pretty engrossed in it. But that's all it was, was um, here have an arena war? Because there was kind of a book at the time called What If, for all I know, the book's still around, where they would say, you know, what if Thor existed in 1983? Or I guess Conan existed in 1983, and then you have a story about him stealing a gun and getting arrested and going to court and beating up a bailiff and... (laughs) I was just going to say, he, he did exist then, and he was played by Schwarzenegger. But <laughs> I'm saying in the comic books, this happened. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a, was it like a what if, or was it a thing that happened in the continuity of the book? It, it happened in continuity, and it, it changed a lot of stuff. I mean, that's where Spider-Man got the uh, sentient black uniform. It actually came from Secret Wars. I have no idea what that means. The, he has the, a sentient black uniform? The, one, the suit that became Venom, eventually. Venom? You don't know Venom, man. Should I know Venom? Yeah. Why would I know Venom? <laughs> well, let's see. You've seen the Super... Uh, super. <laughs> Spider-Man movies, right? The Sam Raimi ones. The first two. The third one, I read the back of the book, and I was like, nope, not going to ruin my memory of these first two glorious movies by seeing it. Yeah. I that, take it it was in there? That, that, that was the Venom one. <laughs> oh, well, then I don't feel bad about that. I don't feel bad about not knowing that. How dare you judge me? <laughs> You got anything else, Jason? Mm, nope. Well, don't forget to leave us a voicemail, people. You can text us at 712-830-7373. We really appreciate a five-star review at iTunes. That would be glorious and marvelous. Five star. Five star. Okay, so come back tomorrow to listen to Minute 38. 30 40. Yeah, I've got that right. <laughs> I'm Curtis. And I'm Jason. Good night. Good night.